Sacramento. Hello and welcome to the 916 Republic podcast. I'm your host, Zach Winnick, joined by the Scott Waits. And we're sitting here with a couple of Modellos and you guessed it, the signature snack of our beloved Sacramento Republic, Presidente Rainbow Goldfish. Scott, on a scale of one to ten, how good is the glorious snack and drink combo that is Rainbow Goldfish and Modellos? I mean, if you're asking Nolan, eleven. Lock, it's yeah, it's eleven out of ten. I I still have Modelo and Goldfish at my house. Yeah, and I haven't eaten it yet. So, <laughs> so for me, it's a little bit lower than a yeah. than an eleven. Uh, well, we are a little bittersweet. Uh, I'm happy to be in the studio again with Scott talking about some soccer. Another frustrating weekend for Sacramento Republic. But before we get into that, let's talk about some some positives as it as it pertains to the U.S. men's national team. Yes. So, okay. Obviously, you know we like to keep people updated on the U.S. men's national team. As we said, we've been talking about Weston McKinney, his recent move to Juventus. Um, European football leagues continue to kick off. Last week was Germany and Italy starting their season, so we got to watch Weston McKenney play the full 90 yeah. for Juve against... Oh, I can't remember the team. Which was a pleasant surprise. It doesn't uh, matter. They I, won I, I can't pronounce it, yes. Um, that was pretty neat, I guess, <laughs> yeah. um, to say in the least. He looked very comfortable. Yeah, he, he looked fine. And then uh, Gio Reyna played 70-ish minutes uh, for Dortmund against Gladbach, which is a, a pretty good team. Yeah, it was a good team. Uh, I don't think... I I didn't watch the full game. I only caught about minute 45 to minute 70. Um, but Gio Reyna looked good. He scored a goal. Yeah, good and goal. And 17-year-old central midfielder, kind of a number 10 attacking midfield type, um, but can and play on the wing. Weird formation they play. So 3-4-2-1? 1-2. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. Yeah, anyway. And then uh, Tyler Adams went the full 94 RB Leipzig in their 3-1 win over someone... I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and played as the six, as a defensive midfielder, which is good because he's kind of been playing that like wing back mm-hmm. role. And just selfishly as a U.S. men's national team fan, I want to see him playing the six because that's where he's best. And also that's probably where he's going to play for the U.S. And we have a lot of good right backs anyway. So it's yeah. good to see and, him. And I mean, I'm, I'm excited about all of this, but at the same time, like none of this is really a big surprise to me, which is kind of weird to say that like there's three champions league teams that americans are starting in central midfield and i'm not surprised so yeah there's that there's other players too um oh gosh josh Sargent played a on yeah, the he left played. side of a 4-4-2 yeah for Werder bremen i don't in a, know in a why big loss. In a he's big a loss. striker and he's playing left mid i don't know but it's oh uh, yeah i don't know yeah. uh Christian that, that team didn't kind of play for chelsea he's still hurt fire. yeah he's still hurt yep so, you know, should be back soon, though. Yep. Some guys to look out for. Uh, another guy to look out for is Serginio Dest was ah, on the bench again yes. for Ajax. But the rumors persist about him potentially moving to Bayern Munich to back up Benjamin Pavard as right back. So that way, Joshua Kimmich. And again, if you don't know who these people are, they're just very good soccer players. OK, yeah, that's all you need. To very know. good soccer clubs. He might move to uh, Bayern Munich to play backup right back or starting right back, whatever. Uh, or he could move to Barcelona to replace, uh, I believe his name is Nelson Semedo. Semedo, yeah. Who's going to potentially move to Wolverhampton mm-hmm. in the Premier League. So Yeah, uh, that which looks pretty, actually at this point I was looking up this morning, that looks pretty set. Yeah. That deal looks pretty set to, to, to go through. Now, he's not the only name that they're targeting. I also saw Emerson. Yeah. Uh, who was at There's another Chelsea guy too, yeah. and I think is now in uh, La Liga. And there was another guy that I don't know the name of. So 
Um, you know, he might be brought into Barcelona or Bayern Munich. Uh, it's not pretty bad. It's not. It's pretty good. It's pretty um, good. Yeah. Pretty good news. <laughs> um, so you know, something to keep an eye on. Something positive for the U.S. Yes. There. Also, just really quickly, uh, Chris Richards, twenty-year-old center ah, yeah. back, mm-hmm. came on for the last twenty-ish minutes of Bayern Munich's routing of Schalke. Oh boy, I saw today that they might be firing their coach because he got <laughs> destroyed. Even though they sold their best player and replaced absolutely no one. So yeah, things to look out for for the U.S. men's national team. Good news there. Anything else for the U.S. men's national team, Zach, you've been following? Nope. Uh, Reggie Cannon. His move went through. I was still waiting to see. I, oh, I, no, he played. He I played. think he, he started. Play, yeah. He started right back for, I, I'm blanking Boa here. Vista. Boa Vista, um, which is a Portugal top flight team. Yeah, with we, links to Lille, Lille. Lille, I believe. Lille. Or Lille, I don't know. Um, which is cool. That's another good another good thing, uh, something to be watching Yep. as well. Um, so, yeah, good things happening on the USMNT front. Now it is time for the Nolan Hot Take. Nolan, take it away. Hey guys, this is Nolan coming at you with my quick take on Sunday night's game against the Tacoma Defiance. It was a disappointing result for the Republic, who gave up another early goal and never really were able to control the game after they went down. Scott and Zach will have much to say about Sacramento's deficiencies throughout the night, and so I'm hoping that my segment can be a bit more optimistic and lighthearted. I want to take this moment to commend you, the Republic Loyal, for your ability to recognize greatness when you see it. Last season, you voted SRFC midfielder Jaime Villarreal as your 2019 season MVP. I'll admit it. In November, when I heard that result, I thought, what? Jaime Villarreal? I just don't see it. In my mind, he was a decent utility midfielder. That's it. I remember thinking to myself, what are other fans seeing from Villarreal that I'm not? Since the restart, I've been watching Jaime more closely. The way he moves around the center of the park opens up his body to receive passes from fullbacks. His ability to dribble out of tight spaces, then pick up his head and play a wonderfully weighted pass out to a winger or in between opposition center backs. It's truly amazing. He knows how to make safe, calculated playmaking decisions that allows Sacramento to retain possession and avoid vulnerability on the counter. But he's also learning to take risks. We were criticizing him only a few weeks ago for always playing the safe pass when he's on the outside of the 18. And then, last week, he goes and rips a goal in the back of the net against Reno. I can't yet fully put into words just how influential Jaime is on the game for Sacramento. Midfielders that don't score a lot of goals are hard for me to judge. What can I go off of to assess their playmaking ability if they don't score wonder goals or create endless tallies of assists? All I can say is this. Watch the player, as I've done with Jaime. Watch them for the full 90 minutes. Their greatness won't stand out in in one run of play or in one incredible shot on goal. Rather, their greatness will accrue throughout the game as they continue to make little actions and decisions on the pitch that feed the forwards and protect the defense. In the game against Tacoma, in which Sacramento lacked focus and intensity, Villarreal could be found making tackles and providing the impetus that Sacramento needed to stay in the game. I may be nearly a year late, but I now see why Jaime deservedly won the fans' vote for season MVP. Well done, Jaime Villarreal, good and faithful servant of the Republic. I look forward to watching him continue to marshal the midfield as the Republic make the run into the postseason. That's my positive take from 
the game against Tacoma. Thanks for listening. Now, back to the show. All right. Thanks, Nolan. Thank you so much. It's time to get into this review. Uh, a 3-3 draw to Tacoma. Scott, I looking at the stat line, you'd think we'd killed them. No. <laughs> um, I, to, I, I'd say we'll probably do a quick just uh, recap of the game. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I, so, first of all, like, if you didn't watch this game, this is one we always try to tell you, like, don't watch the bad games. Like, we don't want you yeah. to be disappointed. This is one you don't really want to watch. It's, yeah, I guess. So. Uh, if you want to see Belmar score a penalty, you know, watch that. If you also want to see Belmar very frustrated. Yeah. Uh, for good reason. Like, the feel of this game, like, even in the post match, like, Zach was asking a question to how oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Belmar. And yeah. you even said tough loss. Yeah. I don't know if you caught that. You said, like, oh, yeah, tough loss today, man. Uh, talk to me about. I, I said that you did, <laughs> and he. But Belmar didn't skip a beat. He was like, "No, this was tough. Like, like it I felt like that. a loss." Yeah, you did. That's hella funny. Yeah, you know, sometimes, man. Okay, listen. Just side <laughs> note, we uh, normally at, at a post match, you're just uh, there's all these reporters, and you just ask questions. Now we have to do this like on our laptops, and we have to like raise our hand to like push a button to raise our. It's yeah, just it's very Zoom. complicated. It's just annoying. And anyway. It's kind of a headache. Yeah, but Zach. If moving on, <laughs> if uh, if if the Zoom press conference were a Starbucks drink, what Starbucks uh, drink would the Zoom press conference be? Um, it would be the the dragon fruit thing. You don't like the, the dragon dra- fruit? I hate the little like seeds in it. It's gross. Do you not like drinking it or do you not like making it? Because Zach works at Starbucks. Oh, worked at Starbucks. It? Well, oh, either one. Gosh. Zach worked at Starbucks. So. Making what drink? Either one. Uh, you it's take like your pick. it's like the frappuccino. You don't Frappuccino, like fraps? fraps are no, yeah, because there's so many steps. There's like the you, once you involve a blender, it gets very complicated. Mm. So like most drinks is like three, four steps. Uh, frap is like seven at least. <laughs> so okay. like it, like the s'mores frappuccino, frick you for getting the s'mores. <laughs> anytime, anytime somebody says a s'mores frap, you're just like oh, I hate you. Um, so the the post match press conference I'm gonna go Zoom to calls are are the s'mores frappuccinos the venti it. s'more frappuccino. So Nolan also used to work at Starbucks. Yeah, before uh, or j- when law school started, he he quit. Um, man, I wish I would have gone to a Starbucks when he was on bar and be like, make me a s'mores frappuccino. Beat, you know what I'm saying? Nolan is uh, yeah. I, I've talked to Nolan. Nolan is like Nolan had worked himself up to like just a master barista. And and I honestly he kind of liked it. So for Nolan, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. But I was not on bar a lot. I was not a barista very often. Oh. And so when I get like a s'mores frappuccino, I'd be like, oh my goodness, because like you have to do them so quick. You have to make them so quickly. <laughs> and then like I could never make it that quick. Uh, anyway, yes. Any any hoosers. <laughs> moving on. Back to the the game itself. All right, so lineup. That's where that's yes, where we were. Let's get to the lineup because okay, there's so a lot of talking points there. So I'll do the lineup and I'll list the subs. Zach will then go through and just kick us off wherever, whatever switch that you think is most interesting. You want to talk about? Will Zach, do. Zach will take it away. All right, here's the lineup: Brady Scott in goal. Remember, Brady Scott was the goalie that was loaned in from Nashville. Yeah. He starts this game. Left to right: Barahona, Sargis, Deckel, McCrary. Uh, who was subbed out in the 83rd for Gomez. That's your back line. Midfield of Jaime Villarreal, Drew Skundrick, who was subbed out in the 74th for Roro, and Bijev, who was... Uh, or sorry, Drew Skundrick, who was subbed out in the 74th for Frank Lopez. Mm-hmm. Bijev, who was subbed out in the 68th for 
row row. Okay. And then uh, up top, your three forwards were Formella, who was subbed out in the 83rd for Huaregi, uh, Belmar, and then Werner on the right, who was subbed out for Hilliard Arce in the 74th, yeah. which signifies a little bit of formation change. We went to a three in the back. Yep. Yeah. Some people thought it was awesome. Some people didn't like it. Uh, I have no opinions either way. <laughs> Me either, you quite honestly. You <laughs> were trying to score, so you put a guy exactly. forward. I, I really don't care. Yep. Um, e- even Briggs in the post-match, somebody asked him about that, and he was just like, yeah, I just thought the game, with what the game was offering us, it made sense. Yep, which it did. So, so going, Yeah. There, I mean, so, and as you have heard, there are some switches. I think Villarreal over Roro, Barahona over Gomez, those are the two for me. Um, we could probably start with Villarreal over Roro, as sure. as Nolan has alluded to, um, just before this this review. Villarreal has been somebody that has been a bit underrated, maybe. Um, this season, somebody, for sure, yeah. Somebody that we've talked to, we talked a lot about him actually last week. It's a switch that I've been waiting to see, um, and it finally happened. But it's definitely. A big talking point, um, and and I like to see it. I like to see Villarreal over Roro in that sixth spot. What about you, Scott? Do I want to see Villarreal in the sixth spot moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I I think he's done enough. Like he scored against Reno, uh, and he played well. He had the assist uh, in Orange County when Roro went off. So yeah, I think he has played well enough to get into that midfield. I think, honestly, Roro, Skundrick, and Villarreal, that's the startest, the, the strongest starting midfield that we can offer. Yeah. Uh, it's, honestly, it's not even anything against Bijev. It's just that Roro's a better player than Bijev. He's I a better don't think, 10, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to, like, hate me for saying that. Yeah. Um, And that's not, again, that's not even a slight against Bijev. We we tend to knock him, but just, I I just think objectively, Roro's a better player. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, yes, for the sake of, if, if we're talking about starting lineup moving forward, Villarreal, I think, at the six with uh, Skundrick at the eight, Roro at the 10. And that's something we even talked about with Last night. Richard Ivanovsky from Rise of the Republic, also the Sacramento Bee. Yeah. Uh, if you don't listen to their show, you should. Um, he was saying, like, what do you guys think about Roro at the 10? And we were just like... And Bijev at the 10. Yeah, he was like... And comparing the two. Yeah, and we were just like, yeah, makes sense. Bijev at the 10 is... It's the best place okay. for him. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's that was, I think... Yeah, that's exactly what you said to him. Was yeah. Like, the problem is Bijev's best position is at the 10. Yeah. So if you want to get the best out of him, you need to play him centrally. And Roro, because he can play deeper, you you put him deeper because he, he can do that. Yeah. So... I don't know, and it's just because we're what twelve games, thirteen games in now. We're yeah. Uh, I know I'm starting to just think about like okay, maybe personnel wise, uh, some of these guys won't be back. Like maybe they just don't necessarily fit super well into Briggs's system. So I think the switch for Villarreal and him just clicking kind of automatically one shows his class, as Nolan said. But also, I yeah. think maybe he's just a better fit at that number six than than Roro is, and maybe Roro needs to be played higher up. Yeah, and I think when you when you think of a six, and you when you think of uh, what player has ideal strengths for that position, 
Um, I think you think of a player like Jaime. He's somebody, like we said last week, his foundation is the simple pass. His foundation is to make that simple pass um, and to move things quickly and to work well um, in tight space. And that's what he does well. But he's also been able to show and flash a little extra. So he is really kind of an ideal six. Last night, you know, we were talking with um, Richard Ivanovsky? Yes, that's that's his his name. name? Okay. Uh, we were talking last night, and and I had said, you know, I just don't know that Roro can play the ten. I think it's telling that Briggs hasn't played him there this season. Last night, though, so so today, looking at the highlights, looking at the highlights, and looking at Roro's goal. I mean, that was a great touch, you know. Yeah, so, it's actually up for goal of the week. I just saw. And I think this time, rightfully so, <laughs> this time our 10. You don't like Bijev's goal from uh, the other game? I, I mean, I didn't hate it, um, but it just it just adds to the narrative that Bijev is just this great player. And anyway, moving on. Um, and so, but no, with Roro, like it was a great, it was a great touch and a great shot. And so, yeah, I mean, to experiment with Roro at the 10, I okay, do it. Like, why is that so bad? I, I just am I'm curious, I guess, at this point. So maybe I, I'm, I'm kind of recanting my statements last night about Roro, but I'm curious still as to why he hasn't played the 10. Well, I why he hasn't started there. Because I yeah, think yeah. there have been times where it's like, okay, we're chasing a goal. Let's move Roro up from, yeah, from the 6 to the 10. specific sub instances, but there have been few and far between, and he's never, I don't think he's ever started at the 10. I don't think so either and it's a good thing and maybe we need to something to look for for the reno game uh this coming weekend so let's move on the next switch that we want to talk about is juan barahona yes for shannon gomez so this is big so there's there's two things here that i I think are big and and you're right they are big one is shannon gomez last game Mm -hmm. gives away the penalty late late ish for reno to score right yeah he he's that was in the box he also uh, had a good play where he cleared a ball off the line um, for what was going to be a goal. It, he cleared it off with his head. Uh, so that's a positive. But then there was the next following incident with him was he could have been cited for a, a handball. So I think that was him. That might have been McCray. I don't know. But either way, he, as a substitute against Reno, it wasn't a great game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you think, okay, maybe he gets benched for that not-so-great performance. But Juan Barahona, I mean, nobody really knew that he was match fit. Yeah. And he went 90. Yeah, he went like, 90. He was. He didn't just come He's in and He's been back at half. practice for a little bit, but, yeah, he went straight 90. First game back, straight 90. After um, a tough – I mean, he had surgery. This is, this this is also four an months injury. ago, he said. This is also an injury that was supposed to take four months at the, like, minimum. bare minimum. Yeah. Like, Four to six is, I think, the time frame that he had said months ago. Um, and, and four months back, he immediately plays 90 and played them well. I thought he played really well. Yeah, and I thought he combined well enough with Formella. During that first half, the ball was just not on the left side a lot. So No, it kind of wasn't. But I thought he played well enough to play against Reno. I mean, I, I don't... I agree. I don't know if he's... He offers a lot, I think. I think he offers a Well, we've already seen this. We saw this yeah. last year. He just offers a lot more than any other fullback that we have. There was a shot he took yesterday, like, probably 25 yards out, 
and I, I I heard Briggs go. Ooh, yeah. I mean, like, it was a nice you know, it, taking with like the outside of his left yeah. foot. So like, if you played before, if you want to put a little bend on the ball, like yeah, he did that, and it, it went around a a player. It kind of went right toward the goalie, but yeah, it, it 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 tailed off to the right a little bit. It's just he offers so much more. He offered that he he offers that. You're not gonna get that out of McCrary. You're not gonna get that out of Gomez. You're not gonna get it out of Ash. Like yeah. He just offers more. He's 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 bigger. He's faster. He's more intelligent. He has a better touch. He's just better in every category. So if he's healthy and fit, and can play ninety minutes, yeah, and, and, and I mean, do it. there's a reason that uh, last year, years year before, he was in the pool for the El Salvadorian national team. Yeah, he was. He's that caliber player, and he's only twenty four. He's yeah. been here. This is now. Is it his third season? Second. It's his second or third season. Second second, second, second season, second season. So uh, he's still young-ish. Yeah, he's you know? young. He's, he's young. He's not you know, elderly. So yeah, yeah. So I'm that's Barahona over Gomez uh, again. Something and I'm happy to look with for. it. I think if he's healthy, I'm happy with it. Yep, I think Barahona stays next game. Deckel over Matt Mahoney. Yeah, I under under. I don't. Uh, it, it's it's becoming it's becoming a very big weakness in our starting eleven. Is that center back spot opposite Hayden Sargis, which is interesting because at the beginning of the season, we thought it was going to be Hayden Sargis who's going to be the weakness. But Hayden Sargis is very much penned in as a starting center back. And that other center back spot has been a revolving door. Yeah. And and I don't know if this is something with uh, Deckel's contract. It's like, hey, you, you need to play me. I have to start X amount of games. I don't think it is because he's like a player coach. Yeah. So that kind of lends my brain to think there's no clause like that in there. Um, the thing for really us to talk about is Matt Mahoney's last two games, Orange yeah. County and Reno. Big mistakes in both. So, which is not an uncharacteristic thing for Matt Mahoney. For Matt Mahoney. Like, just to recap, he couldn't clear a ball in the first yeah. and that and it, it led to orange county scoring in the first five minutes and then he couldn't clear uh the ball for reno's equalize equalizing goal in the 86 thirst 80 whatever minute it was that reno equalized three to three so if you look at those just those two incidents alone and say if i have a player in there that's better at clearing balls away with their head we one don't go down within five minutes, probably, against Orange County. And two, we uh, don't concede late against Reno, and we win that game 3-2, to two, which would, would have been a, a season-course-altering victory. So then, Deco Keenan comes in. Thoughts on per- his performance, Zach? He, uh, he played well. I thought, actually, he played well. He definitely um, had a deckel smash. Up until the 45th minute, and when he destroyed, I forget his name, uh, some, some Tacoma middle yeah. schoolers entire just plowed right just through rocked the back his body, uh, got a yellow. But up until that point, I thought he had actually played well. I was actually there was one point though, he had made a pretty athletic clearance, and I was like, oh, okay, the still got still a little, got yeah, got, still got a little left in the tank. So he didn't play. He didn't play that bad. Um, and again, you take away that uh, first five minutes, we go into halftime zero zero. So. 
the defense didn't play bad. It, yeah. And, well, okay. Well, let's talk about the first five minutes because on the rewatch of the highlights, at least of yeah. that goal, it looks like Deckel just fades away from yes the striker. I mean, let's talk about that. Well, I, so the build up to that goal is Jordan McCray makes an awful um, uh, cl- attempt at a clearance control. Yeah, he gives up the ball, an awful turnover, um, and they streak down on a on a counter that begins at the fringe start of the final third. Um, and now for me, uh, going back and watching that, Deckel is never going to catch that streaking winger that gets the pass that ends up scoring. Right. Um, so I think he, t- he trails off a little bit and looks for the rebound to clear a, a possible rebound. So I, I don't fault Deckel in that at all. Um, I think that's all on Jordan and his turnover. Yeah, um, I I agree. Uh, he like you said, he was never going to get there. So if he tried, he was just going to be in another change. Brady Scott's way. Yeah. So he tries to cut off that far post cutback, which he did. So I, I don't I don't fault him. We could be completely wrong. Maybe no, somebody that so. knows. Yeah, I don't think so. But we could be wrong. But I, I leave a little space for that. Yeah. For, fair enough. And honestly, this isn't just Deckel over Mahoney. It's even Tomas Hilliard Arce over Mahoney. Yeah. Because Mahoney's not even in the 18. Yeah. And Thomas Hilliard Arce hadn't been in the 18. And now he's he was for this game. And like you said, came on in the 71st minute, 74th. I believe. 74th minute um, to create a, a three in the back, three three center backs, so we could get one of those full backs up. Um, he's fine. One of those numbers up. Yeah, he's I fine. He's the same. There. I for me, it's like the same as Deco. Like he's so slow, he doesn't move well. Not great. He gets, with his feet. He's not good with his feet. He gets caught out of position. I think that that may not be Deco get, gets caught out of position just because he's so slow. So <laughs> if there's any sort of movement out of his position, he's so slow to get back into position. He'll get caught. And Thomas is kind of the same way, maybe a little less smart than Deckel, um, which is not good. It sucks. It's, it, I think Thomas Hilliard Arce was really the guy that was to was brought in to be that anchor in the black line. Yeah, and he has shown um, to not be that, not at all. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the next change, uh, Brady Scott over Rafa Diaz. Yeah, uh, I, I think for me this is just uh, Briggs said. Briggs said in the post match. Um, Rafa has some some problems with his shoulders. Not really a big deal. He also, something with his back. back. Yeah, um, but it was part of the deal, um, the 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 loan to get Brady Scott some minutes. It sounded pretty obligatory. I don't think you have to worry about Rafa lo- losing his spot. I think it was just um, a rest. Yeah, and, and I also think it's there's a little sense of this was the game to give him minutes against Tacoma, not Reno. Yeah. And you don't want to give Brady minutes against uh, Portland the last game of the season. So it was probably this game for Brady, maybe Tacoma away uh, as well. You could give Brady minutes, but it it was, let's just say you're guaranteeing two starts. Well, it's probably Tacoma home, Tacoma away. So fast forwarding a little bit, I'm not going to be shocked if, he gets another. He game. gets another game, and it's probably going to be Tacoma away if it is. So, and he played fine. He didn't play spectacular. He had a great 
run yeah. out of his box, kick save, showed kick, some big tackle. cojones. Let me tell you, it was like and it was a good tackle too. It was like when he ran because there was a counter. This is in the second half when yeah. he ran out of his box. Everyone like there's there's family in there's the stands. A gasp. There's some press. Everyone's like, oh no, because if the winger looks up and sees Brady running out, he just chip him a little dink. I mean, it's a hard shot, but he could chip him for yeah. the shot. He unfortunate or fortunately for us. Got didn't. to the ball quick Brady enough. Brady gets the ball quick enough. Yeah. It's it's one of those tackles that Brady's the last man. He could be a yellow if the ref doesn't know what he's doing. Could have been a red. Anyway, uh, another lineup thing that we need to just really quickly touch on. Yeah. Awasa is the only sub not used <laughs> yeah. besides Rafa, besides the goalie. Rafa, uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, Awasa is the only sub not used. Briggs yeah. in the post-match uh, was asked about this, and he said, yeah, just – Frank Lopez was brought on, the other forward that was uh, here. And um, he just said it was, for what the game was offering them, he thought Frank was a better fit to pair with Belmar up top. Yep. When Frank was brought on, that's when the switch to the 4-4 four, four, or the 3-5-2. Three three yep. Yeah, the 3-5-2 happened. So three center backs in the back. Yep. Belmar and Frank Lopez is apparently more attractive than Belmar and Awasa. And this is after Awasa had an assist this past game against Reno. So just something to you know yeah. think about, and and then lastly, injury report. Uh, Ash still hurt, which is maybe explaining a little bit why Barahona plays over uh, Shannon Gomez. There there wasn't another option. You couldn't bring Ash in at left back. So uh, Barahona, AWO, Andrew Wheeler, Amanu still with an ankle injury is out. Penegos still out. So that youngster that scored the um, opening goal against Portland Timbers 2 a few games back. He is still out with an injury. Uh, I don't know if it specified what the injury was. Couldn't find anything. Yeah, but he's still... And then, obviously, Grinwis is still out. Yeah, and he's out for the season. Uh, anything to talk about with Juju not being in the lineup and Wareggy being in the lineup? Yeah, I think... Well, Wareggy was. Wareggy... Yeah, Juju not being in the lineup and oh. Wareggy being in the lineup. Sorry, ah, did I, I might have misspoke. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I think... And we've talked a little bit about this... I would like to bring it up to to coach at some point about what kind of goes into the rationale behind bringing in those different academy players. Um, I think it really just kind of comes down to who has the hot hand um, that week at training and and who um, I, I maybe like mm, Wareki's a little bigger. Maybe he wanted a, a little bit bigger forward for this game, depending on the matchup. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, Waregi over Juju. I, I don't really have I don't really have an opinion. I guess I, I liked what I saw from Juju a couple of games ago. That was amazing. You know, great link up play. But he's young, so I, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, and I think they both play the right wing position, if I'm remembering correctly. So yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's the only thing you, you pretty much have to choose between one or the other. And like, how how are you going to choose? So. Um, the only other thing I'll say about Panagos is if we're talking about number 10s, and I said this with our conversation with Rich last night, uh, Panagos is really the only true natural number 10, I feel like, on the team. I B would agree. Bijev, I, I don't know. He's this weird tweener. Like, yeah, he's a 10, but he's kind of more of a second forward. Yeah. But he can also play it on the wing. He can do that decently well. If you're playing, uh, you know, if if you're getting him in transition a lot, he can dribble out players and do stuff. So, I I feel like Panegos is really the true number ten at this stage. Rilro can do that, but again, like we talked about, so just another thing to think about with Panagos is, you know, moving forward, 
could he take over that spot next season if healthy? Just just something to chew on. Anything else for lineups things, Zach, or should we move on to the the breakdown with the stats? And Let's get into the numbers. All of the things. All right, numbers. Uh, so we're going to talk about just the stats that stuck out to us. Yep. Possession-wise, Sacramento 71% <laughs> to 29% for Tacoma. You heard that right. 71 to 29. Shots, uh, total shots for Sacramento 16 to Tacoma's 8. On target, Sacramento has 5 and Tacoma has 4. Sacramento also had a rocket off of the <laughs> ball from Mella in oh, the second half. That was that was tough to Would see. Would have been a beautiful goal, but he destroys the bar. I think he's done that a couple times now. And Sam, I think, yeah, has done it once. Sam's done it well. once. Yeah, yep. I, I think you're right. Uh, chances created, sack 12, Tacoma 7. Big chances created, sack 2, Tacoma 1. Yep. Cr- but Tacoma scores three goals. Yeah, and, and Sacramento scores three goals, but only has two mm-hmm. big chances created, so... Uh, crosses Sacramento 30 these are open play crosses so that's, that's that doesn't count corners right so open play crosses Sacramento has 30 Tacoma has two yeah 30 to two which makes sense if you only have 29 percent of the ball yeah uh are you gonna cross it yeah accurate crosses Sacramento 10 10 Tacoma's to one one so that's actually not a bad percentage for Sacramento if you're completing 10 crosses no yeah it's good probably they're in the box I would assume like yeah that's pretty good. Touches, just total touches throughout the throughout the game. Sacramento, 759 to wow. Tacoma's 418. So you're, again, you're on the ball way more. Very right? large disparity. Past success, Sacramento 83 to Tacoma 64. That's, that's pretty that's bad. Horrible, especially given the fact that you only had 29% of yeah, possession. That may speak to why you had 29% of possession. You couldn't complete yeah, yeah, passes, which again, that's kind of Sacramento's defensive formula is we're gonna get you to uh create a turnover high up the field whatever like yep. we're gonna create part of the identity turnover so i look at the tacoma stats and go oh sacramento played exactly. defensively very good. well very good yeah but reality when we look at uh zach has his last stat here of <laughs> effing up in the first five minutes <laughs> sacramento did that and yeah, tacoma did not mess nope. up in the first five minutes so zach do you want to talk about the first five minutes uh, of really the past few games here it's it's i had asked about it in the post match and coach looked baffled and then hemmed and hawed and said i don't know i i might have to get a hypnotist like i don't think anybody has i don't think anybody has a solution here it's just so it's just like you just can't do it just you just can't be slop like that sloppy. It's it's what it is. Is we're so sloppy in those first couple of minutes. Yeah, and really what we're talking about here is there's been four games this season where yeah. Sacramento has conceded a goal mm-hmm. within the first five minutes. Three three against Tacoma back in July. Which by the way, yep. just really quickly, the goal scorers for this game for Tacoma are uh, Jesus Perez, Alec Diaz, and Ray Serrano. Both Diaz and Serrano scored in that three three draw. Uh, that Sacramento had against Tacoma at home back in July. So, you know, same goal scores for a couple of those goals. I just thought that was interesting. But Tacoma back in July, 3-3. Orange County, we concede early uh, about 10 days ago now, almost two weeks. We win that game 2-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Reno, 3-3. We concede in the second minute. Tacoma this past Sunday, 3-3. Three to three. We can concede in the third minute, I believe. So uh, if you take those results... You'll notice that there's three, three to three draws. 
you take away those goals conceded in the first five minutes, that's six more points. Yeah, that's huge. That's the difference between where we're at now and first place. Yeah. It's the difference between playing Phoenix and whoever else. Honestly, we might even be like first place in the Western yeah, Conference. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. I, I think we're. I think it's that close. It would be the only other team would be San Antonio. Let me look it up. I think you're right. I think they're they with the result that they had on Saturday, I think they're they would still be ahead. But I and not only that, we would have a, a draw with Reno turn into a win against Reno, which would then push us to clearly first place uh in the Western Conference. We would be second in the Western Conference, one point behind San Antonio. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about with messing up in the first five minutes. And with the yeah. and, and even closing out games. Uh, the, yeah. Tacoma scored wanna, I, I, in the eighty six. Yeah, <laughs> and Reno scored in extra time. I I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk I, about it's that. It's sloppy. But it's 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 unprofessional. Well, and I remember Jordan McCrary being asked uh, something about getting punched in the mouth this past with the games this past week. Yeah. Um, and he was saying basically like we can't wait to get punched in the mouth to in order to wake up to play well. And do you remember when he got subbed off, Zach? Do you remember? Uh, okay, so he gets subbed off. Um, so I was sitting a little bit closer to the Sac Republic bench, so I don't think Zach and Nolan could hear, but he gets subbed off. He, Yesterday. He kinda, yes, he says something to Briggs, and um, he's just kind of like, uh, you know, it's under his breath. I couldn't hear. And then he uh, gets past the coach's side of the bench and goes toward the player side, and it looks like, Briggs or one of the coaches had responded to the thing he said and then he turns back to the coaches and says because we're playing like poop he doesn't say poop but yeah yeah so I unprofessional you could say that you could say they just play like poop in the first five minutes yeah I think it's also but okay but that that first five minute that goal that we conceded is all on him that's true it's all on him that turnover is all on him, hundred percent. There's just no way. There's no way else around it. Yeah, but I, I, I think he was the the team not playing well. Uh, McCrary's comment was more about the whole game. Yeah, fair. Now, sure, he's still at fault for, for the uh, for the goal, but I'm just kind of looking at. I, I think some players are starting to get pretty frustrated mm-hmm. with the goals being conceded early and we're not far away from the playoffs. Now you want your team to be gelling. You want your team to be unified, be playing well going into the playoffs. And that's not yeah. what's Having happening. Confidence playing and with it, confidence. Yeah. And if we go into the playoffs conceding in the first five minutes, I mean, we're probably done because yep. that team, that team's not it's going out looking good. for a second. They're not trying to play. They're doing exactly yeah. what Tacoma does. They're saying, we'll give you 70% of the ball. We'll sit back and not let you do anything. We'll let you have 30 open crosses and have no shots on goal in the first half. Yeah. There's six shots, none on goal in the first half. Does that sound like something you've heard before? Yeah, the season, okay? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how this team changes that. Every player, we had, there was two players. Was, was it Sargis and Belmar were the players that were – uh, there post, for the press, as well yep. as Briggs. Those three guys, everyone was asked, how do you change conceding the first five? And everyone was like, we don't know. I don't know. know. <laughs> Belmar was like, yeah, we, we have to stop talking about it and start doing it. Yeah. So 
But, and he also said it's something that they talked about and worked on all week in practice. So obviously they're clearly aware that it's an issue. And I, I genuinely don't know how to correct it. Yeah, me either. So, I mean, we have to get on the team it's for, just, for it, conceding in the first five, but like, I gen, there's no yeah. analysis I can offer. It just has to be a mental thing for it to happen this many times. It just has to, like, right? Like, what else is, like, what what else is it? It ha- I feel like it has to be a mental thing. It has to be, are we overthinking it at this point? Are we like, oh, okay, we can't concede in the first five minutes. We have to play a great pass. You know what I mean? We have to play crisp pass. Like, and it's just everything has to be done with perfection, and you end up making a mistake because you're in your head. It's like, I, I wonder if yeah. that's the case now. I wonder if teams are also trying to hit us hard in those first five minutes because of what happens. Yeah, they're saying to themselves, like, hey, if you get a sh- if you get a chance to shoot in the first five, just take it. Like, what what's the worst thing that can happen? You, you have yeah. 85 minutes left to play. It, but if we can capitalize on Sacramento sucking in the first five like they have been, then yeah. the game could be ours. And I mean... This is a massive result for Tacoma. This is not like the 3-3 draw that we had against Tacoma back in July. That 3-3 game, we were up 3-1 at half. Complete control of the game. True. Formella already on a brace. Uh, I think Roro had a had a goal in that one as well. You might, I mean, maybe, you don't have to look it up. But um, this game was Sac conceding in the first minute, which they did against Tacoma, but then going into half down 1-0. Then coming out in the second half, scoring three goals. But every time they scored, Tacoma would answer. So, I mean, it's just, it's such a different feel. Tacoma felt like they had much more control of this game than Sacramento had control of the game. Even when Sacramento in the second half scored three goals, like it still felt like Tacoma was in control. Yeah. So, we talked about the first five minutes. We talked about. First half versus second half. Zach, do you want to talk about uh, a guy that stood out for you positively? Well, unless you have something else to add. Sorry, I usually say that. Well, I wanted to talk about Belmar, but I actually want to wait. Let's. I want to talk about Belmar and kind of the preview for Reno. Oh, okay. And we'll talk sure. about him a little bit um, and how he played in this game in that preview because I yep. think it definitely pertains to that game um, and is more just productive to talk about then. Um, I, I, Nolan touched on Jaime. I thought Jaime played really well. Formella seems to be, Formella, to be fair, it, it seems to have a good touch right now and to be playing really well. And, and so I've been, I've been impressed with Formella and I like him on the wing. Um, and so I thought he played well. Sam, it was kind of a mixed bag for me. There were some good things he did. It's the, that high energy, that high work rate wasn't quite there again like it was against Reno after he scored. He needs to just be able to figure out how to just do that before before he scores. You know, he doesn't need to score in order to have that high work rate, in order to play really physical um, and demand the ball like he does so well. Um, so, yeah, there was some good players. And I think Jaime, Jaime, Jaime um, Formella, and Sam are definitely the ones that stand out for me. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the only other person I'd add was is Brady. I think he Brady Scott played well. Yeah, he played fine. So that 
Uh, that's you know <laughs> that's it to I, quote to quote Briggs. It's hard for me to. He played fine. Yeah, it, it's. <laughs> who was he talking about? He was talking about Deckel. Yeah. Somebody asked about how do you think Deckel played tonight? Uh, he played fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it was like you could just Mark you could Briggs feel is, it. Is a pretty uh, more passionate than yeah. boring, I would say. Yeah, definitely in, different in from Simon Elliott. So, <laughs> so then for him to just you know normally he elaborates on things a little bit. Uh, so for him to just be like Deckel played fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, it was comical. You could see the emotion on his face. <laughs> so, um, anything else on this game? <sighs> Not anything that I want to talk about. I know. About. It's just a tough one. Yeah. Another tough one. But we do look ahead to Reno. It, it Getting that one point is actually a big deal because now we're in a position where it's still kind of unlikely, but if Reno loses a game, um, if, they, if we beat them and then they lose one of their last two games, we will be in first. Or if they... What if they have draws? Then we won't. We'll take second. But because we got that one point last night... If they lose, we're we're one point up on them. There's no way we beat them in a in a tie. They have way more gold. Their gold differential is like ten above us. But because we got that one point, if they do drop two of their three last games, they have three games left. If they drop two of those games, one against us and one against another team, we take first. So, so if there's we, still hope, if we lose or draw against Reno, it's over. It's over. Okay, we have to win out. But if we win out and they lose two of their three, we take first. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, it's there's a big still, game. There's still hope. It's it. Yeah, this game still matters. Mm-hmm. If we, yeah, we, it matters. Um, and looking ahead, we can now talk about Belmar. Let's uh, we'll talk a little bit about Reno here. Belmar against Reno. Just to give you some stats here, Belmar against Reno. We talked about this last week. Six chances created, two assists. He had 57 touches on the ball um, and caused havoc for those center backs in, in, in the back. He had eight duels won. That's a lot of duels. He had he had 16 total, and he won half of them. If your striker is winning half of his duels, that's a that's a good thing. That is a, that's a big deal. Um, this game against Tacoma, he had... He was man of the match again, had that goal, uh, um, had 94% pass success, which was solid, and he had four duels out of six total duels won. So he had six total duels. He won four of them as compared to the 16 that he had the game before. And that is because his touches on the ball, he had 30. It's only 30 touches against Tacoma. That's half of what he had against Reno. And it seemed to show we still scored three goals, so it's just good. We were able to work around that. But I think against a really good team like Reno, you have to get the ball to Belmar. You have to give him more touches so that he can lay off to wingers, lay off to Bejev at the 10. Um, and so in this Reno game, I want to see us get the ball to him more, um, give him the ability to win a duel, give him the ability to hold up play and make a touch to a winger. Um, and, and with that being said, you could tell at the end of the game he was frustrated. He had half the touches, and he knew it. Um, and and he's got a hot hand right now. He still played well um, and has three assists and a goal in three games. So getting Belmar more involved in the attack, more involved in general, 
against Reno, I think is essential for us to come out with three points. Yeah, Belmar, uh, I, I think you're right. Getting him more involved in the attack is good. Um, getting your forward more involved in the attack is always good. Uh, he looked a little tired at the end of that game. I wouldn't be surprised if he does get subbed, um, even if it's late in Reno. If he gets subbed later in Reno, higher elevation, lower yeah, oxygen, fair. you know, give him uh, a little break, bring in fresh legs, things like that. Who do you think that'll be? Uh, I, I mean, I'd have to think it's Lopez. Yeah, I don't think it's a wasp. I don't think it's wasp. Um, I think we'll just end with some things we want to see change for the Reno game. Obviously, the things that we want to see stay: goal scoring, goal scoring. Obviously, like eight goals in three matches. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Okay, we started this year, we couldn't score. Yeah, now we can score and we can't defend. So, uh, yeah. so what do you want to see change, Zach? Uh, I would like to see Barahona stay. Okay, that'd be great if he's healthy. Go for it. Um. That center back pairing is just tough for me. Do you want Hilliard Arce and his hips? Mm. Do you want Deco Keenan and his age? Or do mm. you want Matt Mahoney and his inability to clear the ball? Uh-uh. <laughs> so it's like, take your pick, you know, pick your poison. That I think is like, there's going to be a change. I don't, it's not going to be Deco. Deco's not going to play. I, I personally, I just don't think he's going to play. Um, so it'll be Matt Mahoney or Thomas Hilliard Arce. Both are not good. Um, so there'll be a change there. And most likely, I'm not going to like it. Uh, I would like to see the top four stay. Well, I, I would like to see Roro in the 10. I don't know if it'll happen, but yeah. I would like to see Roro changed out for Bjev in the in that attacking midfielder number 10 role. So that's probably the one. That's the change I'd like to see. Yeah, and that's hard because Bjev scored, but then Roro scored. So it's like, well, True. Who, who are you... Who are you benching? The guy that scored the opening goal or the guy that scored the tying goal? And Briggs doesn't seem to like to play... Row row in the 10 spot so right so okay the the two things i want to see changed they're both defensive and it's transitions and clearances okay so uh if you think back to the goals sacramento conceded against reno not the opening goal that's a set piece which is another thing i'd like to see change i'd like maybe see some marking on set pieces a little bit better but uh the third goal that reno scores to tie it up against sacramento is a transition and then there's a cross into the box that's not cleared away, okay? So we don't shut down the transition, opens up uh, for soccer, or for Reno to get a cross in, and then we can't, we can't clear that cross. Fast forward to this past game against Tacoma, the third goal, transition. Everyone's for, forward, uh, you know, in possession. We lose the ball. Tacoma are allowed to counter. They transition, get the ball, uh, centrally then move it out to the right wing the right winger then has a shot and it's a goal also again talking about uh clearances we weren't able like i said to clear against reno weren't able to um, clear a ball against orange county so i think because of the clearances i think deco probably stays he can take care of that i think you in terms of transition you're kind of looking for that number six to stay back and tidy up those things. Most teams don't counter with any more than three anyway. So if you have two center backs and a number six back, I'm thinking we can handle transitions that way, but I'm not, it, it hasn't happened the past few games. So why yeah, would it happen against Reno? It's so tough with that second center back. Those are the things defensively that I'm looking for us to clean up 
I think if Roth is in, that's fine. If Brady's in, I'm I, I at this point, I I I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Like, I'd love to see Roth just get the get the job back because he's earned it and he's been the backup in Sacramento for a few years. But I'd, I agree. At this point, like, I'm not there, mad so, if Brady's in there. There's just so many things that I I think are negative that if you think Brady truly is going to offer you something that Rafa can't, then go with Brady. That, uh, that that's, that's it for me. Any, any last things for you, Zach, before we get out of here? I want to see you win. Let's beat Reno. We've win and we've always had their number. Yeah. I genuinely. So first of all, by the way, we were right. Trap game. Yeah. Against Tacoma. Scott called it. Um, because of the result, I hate how much you're right. Sometimes <laughs> because of this result against Tacoma, the team's going to react one of two ways. They're going to be like, okay, we got to lock this down. And they're going to play really well against Reno. Or they're going to play in their heads. Yeah, or exactly. It, it'll be the exact opposite, and they'll it, it'll they'll collapse on themselves. Could be very time I'm 50-50 either way, honestly. Normally, I, can, I feel like I can get a read on where the team is at, but just looking at some body language, looking like McCrary coming off the field, well, Belmar at the feel... end of the game, like you said, he was tired. He was, yeah. I mean, he was he was audibly frustrated. Yeah, he was expressing that frustration at the end of the game. Yep, and expressed it a little bit in the post match as well. Yep. So, and I, if I had to guess, I think there's more people that are frustrated than we've seen. Um, yeah, fair players. I mean, obviously, the coaches are frustrated that you're not winning every game. You're you're frustrated. Like there's things to work on. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's it for me. That's it from you. We're going to get out of here. So, as always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.